0: OHSU School of Medicine Dean Sharon Anderson stepped down September 30th after four years of service. President Jacobs appointed Dr. David Jacoby, Professor and Chair of Medicine, as interim dean. Dr. Jacoby started his career at OHSU in 2003 as Chief of Pulmonary and Critical Care. It's Tuesday, October 5th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. I had the opportunity to sit down and meet Dr. Jacoby to learn more about his 18-year history at OHSU and outlook on the future. Dr. Jacoby, thank you for joining me today on OHSU Week. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, and you're not new to OHSU, so can you talk about your background so the OHSU community can get to know you a little bit better?
1: Uh, Sure. um, I'm originally from New York, and I was a resident and then chief resident in internal medicine at Temple in Philadelphia. Um, And after that, I went to UCSF for four years at the Cardiovascular Research Institute where I was a pulmonary and critical care fellow before spending 15 years at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And I came here, as you said, in 2003 to be head of pulmonary and critical care, which was really a great opportunity. One of the things that Attracted me to hear was that at the time OHSU was really in a phase of very rapid expansion. This is when Peter Kohler was the uh, president, and the Oregon Opportunity was a fund that he was able to develop to recruit uh, people in all mission areas, but in particular, building a more traditional academic medical center, which is uh, which is what we are now. Um, but it was really great to be in fairly early on that and really at that inflection point, when OHS was really climbing in the NIH rankings, developing a lot of really strong translational research programs, recruiting a lot of strong scientists in all different areas, as well as building some big clinical programs. So, as I said, I came here as head of pulmonary and critical care. I spent 15 years in that position, which was really very gratifying um, I inherited a really strong group of people and then was able to build on that with resources that uh, that were provided as part of my recruitment and we uh we built up the fellowship uh, we built our research program, we massively expanded our clinical footprints and um it was just—I would have to say—it was really a lot of fun because I really liked the faculty that I had, and, and uh, as well as the trainees that we brought through and developed. And so that was um, that was really very, again, very gratifying. And then uh, about four years ago, Dr. Anderson uh, was moving from being from being chair of medicine to being uh, the dean, and I uh, asked me to take over first as. As interim chair of medicine and then as permanent chair of medicine, which, uh, first of all, I tremendously appreciated the, uh, the confidence she showed in me in, in, uh, in giving me that opportunity. And I really enjoyed uh, being department chair. Again, it's just, it's a great group of people to work with. So now, uh, having Dr. Jacobs give me the opportunity to be interim dean is again, just, just a very, uh, a very pleasing, uh, turn of events. So I'm really
0: excited. Well, congratulations. I'm sure you've seen in your in your time here, you've seen a lot of changes at OHSU. What are some of the changes that, that stick out to you?
1: Well, if you just look at the campus, it's totally different from when I got here. The, even the biomedical research building had not been built when I got here. There was nothing on the waterfront. I, I don't know what the how, how many fold increase in uh, square footage we have since then, but but it's just massive. I mean, it's just a huge huge expansion, and with that, there's been a big expansion of faculty, a big expansion of programs, and kind of a change in mentality, I would say. Well, when I came here in 2003, I think Dr. Kohler's vision for OHSU was a big change from the way OHSU had been in the Distant past, I mean, OHSU I think has always been a very strong medical school and a strong medical center. But the influx of of particularly research and building on on strong research was already here, made for a very a very rapid change. You know, now having been here now for 18 years. I've seen that really come to fruition. I've seen a lot of people come in, a lot of very, very strong scientists, both in the departments and in the institutes. The educational programs have grown, not only grown, but also introduced a lot of really innovative approaches. Um, clinical programs have, have expanded tremendously, and uh, it's barely recognizable from, from when I arrived 18 years ago.
0: Do you feel like OHSU has a little bit more recognition in the medical field?
1: I, I, think, I think so. Um, I also feel that there's kind of a difference in the way that we see ourselves. I, I think that with that really rapid expansion before I got here, really, and then, you know, in the first few years I was here, it, it was as though pe- people didn't really know how good we were. Uh That was, that was my impression anyway, I, I was looking at, um, you know, a lot of really strong research programs and great clinical programs and just, I, I don't know if it was the, that kind of uh Oregon understatedness or, or exactly what it was. But it just didn't seem as though anybody knew how good we were. Now, now I think people know, and my colleagues in other, in other academic medical centers know too, which is, which is great. But but I think the the way we view ourselves is the thing
0: that has really evolved. So as you mentioned, you're stepping into the interim role of the Dean of the School of Medicine. What are your goals for this role?
1: Well, I think you know, obviously OHSU, just like all medical centers right now, it has, there's a bit of crisis going on because of the pandemic. At the same time, we're in a transition in leadership on um, the School of Medicine, um, but we can't stop moving forward because of that. So we're dealing with this big clinical problem. And I can tell you I saw it up close last week. I was I was attending for the week in the in the intensive care unit. You know, just to digress for a moment, it was um it, it was full with nothing but patients with severe COVID pneumonia, all desperately ill. I mean just absolutely on the edge. And uh, the one thing that that united all of those diagnoses was that um, they were all unvaccinated, which was just just a shame. to just feel as though this was all of uh, all avoidable. We've had very few seriously you ill know, patients that have been vaccinated, and in discussing this with patients' families, I think it's very frustrating for them because they, they you know, as they come to realize why this had to happen, they realize that it didn't have to happen. You know, I I can only hope that people learn some some lessons from it. But on the other hand, it was really, it was a very positive experience just sort of seeing how everybody pulled together. So we expanded the number of intensive care beds that we have here now, and a lot of people that don't usually do critical care, both physicians and nurses and other providers are now doing critical care and taking care of COVID patients. The hospital is is full of these folks. And it was really great to see the, you know, as overworked as the house staff are, the fellows, the residents, and the nurses, a respiratory therapists, just seeing how everybody pulled together and how everybody was really rising to the occasion. To me, was not surprising because as, as you said, I've been here for a while and I've had the opportunity to work with work with clinicians at, at all levels and people here are extremely committed. But pe- people are tired and pe- people are a little bit worn, but I'm confident that we're going to come through this. Uh, but at the same time, we can't, we can't focus only on COVID. We do have other clinical programs that need to move forward. and And I think that the the rest of the leadership at OHSU agrees with that, that we're not we're not just going to tread water until the uh until the pandemic is over. Um, that also goes for the other parts of our mission as an academic medical center. So um research is really one of the big things that makes us an academic medical center um rather than rather than just a hospital. And um we're as I said very, very strong in research in a in a lot of areas and I'm really looking forward as interim dean to working with with Dan Marks, the senior associate dean for research in the School of Medicine, as well as with Peter Bar Gillespie, executive vice president for research, to be strategic and to be focused and to be smart about how we're going to foster research and and how we can recruit new scientists and new physician scientists and how we can. Continue to support the successful scientists that we have here now, because you can't just sort of stop that sort of thing and then restart it like turning a turning a faucet on and off. Um, pe- people need to keep moving forward, and and I think that you know it's very it's very gratifying to see how people agree with that, and I, I think that making people feel comfortable that we're that we're supporting them is going to be very important. You know, and then the educational mission, again, we need to keep moving forward. And the, one of the problems there is that um, the education of, of clinicians at all levels are really being interfered with by the pandemic. It's difficult for for students to get the kind of experience that they, that they would normally get, I and mean, we're taking creative approaches to that. We have a tremendous simulation center to take advantage of. We're doing some very um again innovative things with the residencies but there's no substitute for getting in and taking care of a bunch of different types of patients and that's being a little bit uh stymied right now but it's not going to last forever obviously same thing for the residents the residents are you know they're they're working very hard and they're they're not getting quite the breadth of experience they would normally get, but they, but they will as we come out of this, and it's it's important to remember what they've done and what they've sacrificed. I mean, really, the residencies are the the heart and soul of all the clinical departments, here. and uh, we we uh, rely on them for that for that for, to be our center really clinically. All of these things are worth keeping in mind. You know, the students, the residents the fellows and and just sort of making sure that we that we remember what what they've done for us and then you know in the research realm the graduates graduate students we have we have more graduate students here than we have medical students and uh, and the graduate programs here are terrific they're they're outstanding and i say that having been in in medical centers that had outstanding graduate programs we have very innovative graduate programs we get great students here um, I've had the the honor of being the director of the phd dual uh, degree program for the last thirteen years, and uh, those students are just beyond belief. They just every every time I have I have a chance to interact with uh, with them, it just it just amazes me more. Um, and, you know, again, the research has been slowed here by the by the pandemic, but we've found creative ways to be able to move forward and we need to focus on, on continuing to move forward. Um, it's 1 of those things where you just can't stop and then expect to be able to start up again. So you know, these, these are the things we have to focus on in the short term.
0: I can see the the spirit in your eye and the excitement when you talk about it. I'm glad that you're the one looking after these things.
1: The pandemic is taking up a huge amount of attention right now, but it doesn't mean that we can just stop thinking about the other the other parts of our mission. It's what makes us an academic medical center. I think the important thing is that people have to avoid getting discouraged. Um, You know everything. Everything has been slowed down by the pandemic, and people 's progress has slowed down and particularly when you're when you 're dealing with um early in your career and you really feel as though you need to move forward and you need to keep progressing in order to succeed, anything that slows you down there's that potential for it to be very discouraging and i just I just want people not to get discouraged this is This is going to pass. We're going to get through this, and and I think that I think everybody is on the same page in in wanting us to be successful in all our missionaries and not just not just in weathering the storm of the COVID pandemic.
0: Those are great words of wisdom. I might just print those out.
1: Well, I mean, I can tell you my own research program. I have I've had an NIH-funded lab for uh, for over thirty years now, and you know we work on on asthma and airway nerves and how they control the airways and and um it, the, our program has been my my own research program has been has been slowed down by the pandemic and um uh, we had several students in the lab that really their research almost ground to a halt for a number of months They managed to keep some things going but but it was uh it was frustrating for them and uh you know now we 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 have come out of it um, as far as the, as far as the research goes, and we're, we're pretty much back to where we were, but um, it, it's it's important not to, not to overreact to to those sorts of setbacks because, you know, really, this is one of many setbacks that, that people are going to face in their careers and you can't, you can't overreact to it. One thing I've learned in being in academic medicine for a long time is that is that academic medical centers are always at the edge of the abyss or view themselves that way. Every year there are unprecedented challenges that we're facing. And this is not to minimize those challenges. And to be honest, this year really was, this past year and a half really were unprecedented challenges. But we come through these and and we just, we need to remain positive. We need to keep driving forward when you, you know, if if you stop trying, then you know you're not going to make it.
0: Well, I guess that would lead into your your leadership style a little bit. I wanted to ask you what what do you see as your leadership style?
1: Well, I think that if I, if I were to sum up my leadership style, there's a quote that is attributed to many different people. I've always attributed it to Edison, but but it's that you can you can achieve a lot more if you don't care who gets the credit, and and that's that's always kind of been my approach. I really want I want things to be good here. I want OHSU to be very strong. And and I don't really care. The things that I do that contribute to that. It I, I get a lot of satisfaction just out of seeing programs grow and seeing divisions grow and departments grow and seeing um young people succeed and and seeing faculty feel feel fulfilled. And I don't I don't really need to take credit for that. I just feel as though whatever I can contribute to that. Makes me feel very happy about it. I, I'm interested in working hard to be successful and to, and to help OHSU be successful. And the other thing is that I, I don't see any point in being negative about things. And, and if I sound unrealistically positive or optimistic, it's not because I don't understand the challenges that we're facing. I, I can tell you, as a as a department chair, I, I understand very clearly the challenges that that right now is in internal medicine we're facing and the challenges that OHSU is facing altogether. My belief is that we can get through this. And my belief is that we'll have a better chance of getting through this successfully if we maintain a positive attitude about it. I love being a physician scientist. I'm, I'm, this is, if I, if I were doing it over again, I would, I would do it. I would do it again, this is what I would be. Um, and, and I just, I don't see the point of being negative.
0: To me, a great leader is somebody who, who is that person, who who can inspire others and look at the bigger picture and isn't just in it for themselves and, and keeps that positive attitude. So I, I can see why you've you've gotten these these positions and into these various roles and congratulations again. Thank you. Dr. Jacoby, thank you again so much for joining me at OHSU Week and good luck in your new role.
1: Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure.
0: OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thank you for listening.